Welcome back, folks, to the Game of Sidekicks podcast. This is episode 23. Today we'll be looking at one of our favorite games and a throwback for us and, and a current favorite as well, Dice Masters from WizKids. But before we jump into that, let's cover a few things first. This is Isaac, and joining me today in our two-person podcast is Stuart. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Excellent. How how goes the uh, the weather there in the fine state of Texas? Uh, it's hot and disgusting, um, and then it rains randomly, and uh, no hail so far this season, so that's been comforting. That's uh, that's pretty much where we're at as well. It's been, uh, I think the lowest it's been in the last nine days was 95 degrees is the high. And oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're in the Midwest. I mean, you know, we're going to get down to negative that in the winter, so... We get uh, a little bit of everything, but, you know, I'm hoping for some better weather next week for some travels, and we'll be talking more about that in the near future. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be any better, but it's, it's gonna sure. Be, it's going to be hot. I already, yeah, I already looked. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we are uh, just the two of us today. JT is uh, out of town and was unable to join us, so we decided to get back to some old school cool uh, with just Stuart and I manning the podcast and we're gonna be talking Since we're the developers, we are indeed. And we, we're the ones that brew this stuff. <laughs> we're JT talk- just rides it. I mean, he yeah. It's that's that also is a story into Dice Masters, which we can. There it is. Yeah, we can talk about another day. Uh, we are uh, going to start with though a uh, game that we've been playing recently. So Stuart, I know uh, you've got one uh, that you have been playing a lot in your house recently, or have had a chance to play. What what game is that? And tell me a little about it. Yeah, so uh, the game that we've been playing in the house recently is a new release um, from the in the Funkoverse um, or Funko Games. It's not a Funkoverse game, uh, but uh, Pan Am. So it's a Target exclusive, uh, and it's an airplane game where it's it's route development and economic building and engine building. Uh, so it, it it's really interesting. Um, it's very unique in the way that it does a lot of its uh, <clears throat> a lot of its mechanisms. And it's the perfect game for my wife because this is exactly what my wife does in the real world. <laughs> she tells planes where to go, how often to go, and why they should go there. <laughs> so uh, she does economic or she does economic impact studies for airports, and she does route development and network planning. Uh, so it's funny, you know. I was talking about the game. It's like, oh, and you do this, and she's like, yeah. And then and like and then then this does this, and then you do this, and she's like. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so uh, she was impressed because the game, from a thematic standpoint and from a mechanism standpoint, is very true to how airlines and airports really work and function. Uh, it was interesting. You know, part of it is to fly a route, you have to have uh, the cards that represent both of those cities. And so she's like, oh, yeah, that's like landing rights. You have to have landing rights and have access to gates in those airports. And she's like, oh, okay. And, and then I said, well, and if you don't have this specific one, if you don't have, you know, Miami to New York, if you have a, a card that matches the region of New York, you can exchange it for the, for the New York one. She's like, oh, yeah, that's like, you know, second, second rights. And, and I was like, cool. <laughs> She's like, yeah, and if you don't have that one, you can trade two of a different region to be able to fly there. She's like, oh, yeah, that's like fourth, fourth generation rights. And so she, it was hilarious because she's like, oh, yeah, that's actually how it works. She's like, <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, she was like throwing all her 
um, you know, and she has two degrees in economics. And so she's like, oh, yeah, and the bidding and this is that. And she's like, that's how it actually does work with Gates. You know, there is a bid process and, you know, and then building the airports. And it was just really fun. Um, you know, I, I think it kind of it struck in the wheelhouse in terms of, you know, length of play. It was like about a 45 minute game, um, you know, playing the first time. So I'm sure it can get quicker. Uh, once we know the rules to kind of have everything flushed out. But um, there was a little bit of, you know, take that in terms of the bidding processes because everything you're trying to do, you're bidding against the other person or, or for most of the things you're bidding. Um, and so it was interesting, you know, as you're playing the game, you kind of d discover the strategy, which is really fun because we didn't watch any playthroughs or anything. So, you know, as you're playing, you're like, oh, okay, I should have placed my airplanes in the middle of the board where Pan Am isn't going to build them to start generating more consistent revenue over time and then strategically placing them out to see where Pan Am is going to take those routes and then get me money immediately to then, you know, buy the stock in Pan Am and just little things like that. And then, you know, bidding for airplanes, I'm not sure, you know, it's different with three players or four players, but with the two player game, whoever bids first on an airplane, if the other person wants to beat you, they're going to beat you. Because there's only four spots to bid. Right. <laughs> so it was kind of like, who's going to put that first, you know, token down on that new airplane and end up losing it <laughs> and making the other person bid to the max. So uh, it was just fun. It was it was really tight. Um, Rachel ended up taking it by one point or one dollar, I guess, uh, in stock. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun and definitely going to be something that we're going to get to the table um, uh, more often than not. That's awesome. Yeah, I think we will um, probably have a full episode covering Pan Am in the near future. Uh, I know yeah. we've been getting some play of it. Uh, like you said, I enjoyed kind of seeing where the strategy lays in that game, how it lays out, and I've played completely different both times. Um, I played it, tw well, three times now, but each time I have played it a little different uh, as far as which area I try to concentrate more on and if that Pan Am die comes up and if those cards come up in your favor too. So, yeah, it's... A lot, of, a lot of good meat on the bones of that game to to keep rolling through. So, a lot of replayability with the the different era cards or Absolutely. the different year cards and all the <clears throat> destinations and the bonus cards. Uh, for me, I have had a chance to play a prototype of a new game uh, from Forbidden Games. Uh, Forbidden Games with Railroad Rivals and Raccoon Tycoon. And Raccoon Tycoon is fast. Uh, climbing one of my favorite little economic games that's quick and easy uh, for new players. It's really inviting because there's one action a turn and, and that's it. And it doesn't really lend a lot to AP uh, or that analysis paralysis for players. So their next one in their Raccoon Tycoon series is called Lizard Wizard. And it's coming to Kickstarter here at the end of the month. I believe it's July. I want to say it's 28th. And uh, it's similar type of idea. So if you're familiar with Raccoon Tycoon, you're buying and selling uh, these their reagents in this for spells that you can make. And there's different schools of spells, and you're all different arch mages that are competing to gain wizards, similar to how you would gain railroads in Raccoon Tycoon. And you're trying to gain towers, similar as you would to buildings. And there's different spells that you can cast to help you or to work against your opponent as well. I like it, again, that it has a really basic engine of you have six actions. You're going to pick one. You're going to run it that turn, and then you're going to continue on. 
Uh, there are familiars. There's a dungeon mechanic where you can kind of press your luck to try and get money and treasures. I just really like that it takes the good things of Raccoon Tycoon and expands them out a little further. So this is one I'm really looking forward to um, seeing how they do on Kickstarter. Wishing them a lot of luck over there at Forbidden Games. And when I fully expect to get the same kind of fanfare um, that uh, Raccoon Tycoon did. So that's uh, Lizard Wizard from Forbidden Games. All right, we are going to jump into our game of the week. And uh, like we said, we are looking at WizKids game Dice Masters. Uh, Dice Masters has been around since 2014. Uh, in 2014, the very first Dice Masters set came out, and that was the Marvel Dice Masters. Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> that was the Marvel Yu-Gi-Oh! set. Um, <laughs> that was the Marvel Dice Masters, Avengers vs. X-Men. Uh, when this game came out, there was a lot of demand and not a lot of product, which created a, a, a surge of this game in need and desire and value. It was insane. I remember hearing the stories. Yeah, when I, uh, I was at Origins in the summer of 2014, and I remember going over to the WizKids booth area because uh, my friend Chad, who was with us, said, hey, there's this new superhero game. I really want to check it out. Um, you know, it's got dice, it's got like Marvel heroes. Let's go check it out. I was like, okay, cool. And I remember getting a demo run. Might've been Jimmy for all I know. I don't remember. We get the demo and I was like, okay, that was really cool. I played as human torch and beast. Um, I like it. I let me buy it. And they said, Oh, it'll be you know $20 for the starter set. You get enough for two players. I'm like, you, you've already sold me. Let me buy it. They're like, ah, we don't have any. <laughs> and so they said, good luck, you know, go try Target stores was their advice. Um, and I didn't find it at Target, uh, but soon after managed to find the available everywhere Uncanny X-Men set, which was the next set in the line. And since then, WizKids has, uh, since 2014, uh, given us a number of sets in the Marvel Dice Masters set, uh, or in the Dice Masters set, including Marvel, DC, Yu-Gi-Oh!, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Warhammer, WWE Wrestling. Um, I think that's it. Am I missing any? I went off top. Did you of my say D and D? I did say D and D. Yes. Uh, so yeah, you got it. So nailed it. Uh, Dice Masters is based off of the design of Quarriers and is also designed by the same designers, Michael, Mike Elliott and Eric Lang. Uh, in this game, you're basically you're a superhero team or a team of whatever your eight. Um, custom characters and or actions are you pick you've got up to 20 dice that you assign to these different cards and it is a deck building game that involves dice so this is a dice building or bag building game with dice where you're rolling dice you're buying heroes or weapons or action cards that you put into your bag and you're using that energy to um, to get those dice that you're then trying to get back out onto the battlefield to battle head-to-head -to, -head to the other player. Each player starts with 20 life, and the first person to get their opponent to zero wins. Um, dice Masters brought some unique aspects to this um, type of gaming setup. Uh, one is the lack of hidden information. Everything is out there. You can see everything at any point. All of my cards with their variable player powers and info is all out there. Uh, the other thing it brought that is uh, unique to this type of gameplay is what they call basic action cards. And basic action cards are two actions you bring 
that you have access to, but also your opponent can have access to as well. And done correctly, those cards should always benefit you more than they ever benefit your opponent. Um, so those are some of the unique aspects to the game, along with up to this point, other than Quarriers, a dice-building competitive type of game like this had not been seen. Now we started to see other games kind of copy this as we went along, where other games brought in dice-on-card competitive games, like a Star Wars Destiny game, and had some success as well for a small amount of time. But Dice Masters here, six years later, still stands the test of time as a game that is available, still widely played, and has... Uh, evolved to meet uh, the perceived needs of the environment of people who play it. So with all that introduction info, Stuart, why don't you talk a little bit about Dice Masters for you, kind of how you got into it and um, you know where you are in the game. Dice Masters is my first love. I mean, Sorry, it, it just... <laughs> my first gaming love. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I mean, it, it, it hit every single kind of check mark for me. Uh, you know, it, it, it did help that the people that I met at the game store that taught me how to play were the first and second place, the champions at the first ever nationals event. <laughs> and so I was taught by some really, really amazing people, uh, Dave Walsh and, and Kelly, uh, <clears throat> when I was living down in Austin. So those are the guys that I met in my local store and, and taught me how to play. But, you know, I'm a huge Marvel fan. We've talked about this many times on the podcast. Huge Marvel fan. So when I got involved, um, there was still AVX available. Um, I think when I got involved, it was the first D&D set had first come out. So we had seen AVX, UXM, Yu-Gi-Oh! And why I made that joke uh, <laughs> was Yu-Gi-Oh! was the first set that was actually printed and created but then they said, uh, maybe we shouldn't release this one first. Uh, and so they went and created the AVX set. Um, and then the D&D set was the, first, uh, the fourth set out, I believe. <clears throat> so I got in at a really interesting time, um, you know, when the, comp- the real big competitive scene was starting to take place. Um, we built a really neat and fun scene down in Austin. Um, you know, there was, a, there was a pro dice circuit that was created by some fans. Um, and I played in a lot of those events. Um, you know, Isaac was was leading the charge on the reserve pool back in the day at that point as well uh, with the with the podcast. Uh, you know, I had been listening to that for a while. So, you know, you know, Isaac and, and all were, you know, celebrities to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember I went on a on a little Texas tour over the course, of, I think, like four or five weekends and played in a bunch of Pro Dice Circuit tournaments and you know, was getting first, second, or third in a lot of those, and I remember, you know, then getting messaged by some of the TRP guys, and, you know, all of a sudden I found myself writing some articles, and now, then Isaac's like, hey, join us in the podcast, and <laughs> so, you know, the rest is history, kind of, but it, it's just such an enjoyable game. Um, there's something uh, to be said, you know, there's a reason that Magic and Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! are, are, are there, you know, the, the thing that you can create something from nothing. You get a bunch of random things, and you're finding synergies, you're finding how things can work together and then combat the the meta on the other end. And you find something that's like, hey, you know, this is the list that's beating a bunch of stuff. How can we break it? How can we, you know, find something to, to stop it, neuter it? Um, just the thrill and the puzzle of that, um, that can be done at any point. Because, 
you know, 90% of the fun of this game almost is the discovery of that next combo, the discovery of that piece or those pieces that will break something else um, and that will frustrate your opponent and, and stop them from doing what they're do- going to do. You know, Isaac and I are both control players. Um, I think I think I can speak oh, yeah. for you in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You know, so we our goal is to frustrate the other player and to shut down everything that they're going to do and then flip it on them. And, you know, Isaac and I would, you know, this is back when when I was teaching college and I didn't have any kids. And I, you know, in the spring semester, I only taught Tuesday, Thursday. And so, yeah, I'll stay up till three in the morning, four in the morning (laughs) and let's play test and let's figure some stuff out. And let's do whatever. And how do we break Bard and Venom together with Arch Nemesis? And, (laughs) you know, and that's how I met. Yeah. And that's how I met Isaac. That's how I met JT, Randy. I met JT and Randy. For the first time ever in a foreign country, <laughs> you know, playing in Canada Nats, and I flew down to Mexico to play in Nationals. Met Isaac at Origins Games Fair. So, yep. this the the history I have with this game is I don't think can ever be replicated again. And so that's why you know, love it or hate it, I still love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, and I think that 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 says a lot. Our our name for those that do or do not know, um, game of Sidekicks comes from. The sidekick die that is uh, part of the Dice Master game. It's the little starter eight character dice that you start with in the game. It also comes from a play on you know the idea that uh, the four of us as dads uh, really enjoy gaming with our sidekicks and and or look forward to doing more gaming with our sidekicks for those with younger uh, sidekicks mm-hmm. in their house. But you know this this idea of this community of of gamers. I mean, Dice Masters gave me Stuart and JT and Randy and you know gave us this this great friendship that we were able to take and, and continue in this board game arena but not forgetting that this is a game we love and I still love and my son and I have been playing this game you know for for six years he's about to turn 14 I've been playing this game with him since he was eight my son was in competitive play doing well in this game you know around the yeah, age of was. 10 right and so like <laughs> these games these games taught us a lot they gave us some friendships that are lifelong friendships to me. Some of the most important people in my life are people that I've met through this. Not only these three guys, but some other people. And I don't want to name names because I don't. I would. I wouldn't name Tony, so I don't want him to feel bad. But like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> but a lot of and other. We're back. <laughs> But a lot of other people are really good friends too. But but no, in all seriousness, like uh, there's just been a really great community that we got to know. We we have a, a mini con, con we have a mini convention that we run, uh, friend kind of a friend friends gathering that started with all of us really getting to know each other from Dice Masters and it spread through more friendships. So that guys in Columbus, Detroit, Chicago. Um, for me, locally here in the Midwest, um, you know the guys down in Texas that I've gotten to know as well. Like. Just, you know, it's just such an important part of our lives. And I'll, I'll never forget early on when we met and played at games at like Origins and, you know, when we hung out together afterwards. I remember having a conversation with Tom Vassell from the Dice Tower and, and telling him, yeah, we're part of the Dice Master group. And he said, you know, if there was one like CCG collectible card game community that I would be a part of, he's like, yours is the only one I would be a part of. 
He's like, you guys have it figured out. Because for the most part, all of our games were always friendly. And and I still see that. And I still see the community that exists in Dice Masters to be a friendly community. And there are a lot of people doing a lot of good work in Dice Masters right now. There's video, YouTube channels, there's some podcasts out there. You know, I know just off the top of, of our heads, um, DM Armada does some great work on YouTube for Dice Masters podcast you have rolling thunder with arge and his son lucan uh you have the the ministry of dice out there in in the uk um the mod pod the mod pod you know we've got uh we've got ross over with um his channel on on youtube and and twitch as well you've got a lot of people that are doing some really good work and you know you want to you know if, if this is a game you're interested in we cover it a little bit but there's some people that are really doing a lot of coverage for it as well and those would be great ones to, yeah. to definitely talk about the DM North page is some great strategy and analy- uh, analytics and all kinds of stuff. It's, it's awesome. Absolutely. Um, and so this game as a whole just recently, and the reason we're talking about it today, um, recently has went back to, at least for the temporary, we're not really sure, um, a, a CCG or collectible format. So for the past, um, how many sets? Maybe four sets have been... Uh, box sets like team what are they called? Yeah, it's been probably six now I think there was a um, there's a Marvel set, there was a DC set, a Warhammer set a WWE set um, there's actually there two, was a, two Marvels another D&D set yeah there was like five or six sets it was X-Men Forever yeah. Avengers of Infinity, the WWE yeah. the Warhammer, the D&D the Justice. set Yes, and then the DC one. So yeah, quite a few. Yeah. And those were, you get it all in the box, right? It's all right there for you. You had everything you needed, mostly, in the amount of dice, and you could just play out of the box. There was no collectible format. They switched back to what are called team packs. and I'm sorry, draft packs. And draft packs come with 15 cards, 3 basic actions, 12 character action cards, and 2 dice for each character action cards. You will need sidekick dice and uh, bag to play this game. Those do not come in these draft packs. So you could grab a couple draft packs, but you would need some sidekick dice. Um, those are available in either those um, campaign boxes, or you could find them in old starter sets, which are pretty uh, reasonably priced and ones you should be able to find on you know, Amazon. Or any existing player that has oh my gosh, 1,500 of them. So many sidekick dice. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so that as well. Um but with these draft packs, the idea is you can, you know, if just Stuart and I wanted to sit down, we could crack them open. We have two dice for each card, pick a card, pass a card. Or you could just make a team out of the, the pack you open if you just wanted to keep what was yours as yours. And so the new set is Marvel Avengers Infinity Gauntlet. And they've taken to, like I said, this more collectible world again. Now, Stuart, when we look at um, collectability, what's... Uh, what the, what's different about this set maybe than what Dice Masters has done in the past as far as like the rare stuff? Well, uh, in the past, you know, we started with the, you know, just the foil packs, which had two dice and two cards. So one die for each card. Um, and then we, we had the introduction of the draft packs. Um, these draft packs are slightly different. Uh, we used to have uh, the 12 character cards and two basic actions. Now we have three basic actions to give you a little bit more variety. uh, when you're creating and you're drafting those uh, teams together. Uh, And then we also have expanded the variety of cards uh, in terms of the number of cards in each uh, rarity 
on this set. Uh, in the past, there'd been 40 uncommons, or 40 commons, 40 uncommons, then 32 rares, and then the eight cards that weren't <coughs> rares, or maybe there's 36, um, and then we had four to eight super rares in the past. Uh, the original sets were four, then they went to eights where they did four um, super rares and then four kind of specialty ones. We've had like zombies, we've had black lanterns, we've had all kinds of wild stuff. Um, in this set, we're getting 40, 40, 40 uh, in terms of common, uncommon, rare, and then we're getting 16 super rares. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, it's not quite magic where there's, you know, 48 different types of the sure mythic uh, <laughs> mythic rare with the different color backgrounds and different hologramming. And <laughs> it's so insane. As a, as a, I was, as a, a, as I was at my local shop. Yeah, I was at my local shop, I think, last week, and it was right at pre-release. And he was telling me, he's like, yeah, the, like the feature character on the box, yeah. that card, there's like 32 versions of him depending on the... The foiling and then the hologramming and the color background and it's like it's, oh my god it's insane like I to get kind of side note I've recently dipped my toes back into magic bought a box of this new core set and I got uh, Tefari who's Teferi who's the 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 planeswalker in that set and I'm like oh man it's awesome it's the high value card and then I looked I'm like oh it's just the regular version it's not the hollow or full art hollow or the <laughs> The holographic see-through card, or the the, the water oh submergible god. backward, you know, yeah, or the like, no the no border one, and yeah, I just I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, because I because I saw prices and I realized, oh, I just had a regular one, which is still cool, but you know, that's that's side note. Yes, there there is from a collectability standpoint, Dice Masters has been unique in the if you wanted to collect it all, you could at a reasonable price. You were still going to spend money, yeah, but it was mm -hmm. reasonable as compared to almost all other CCGs I've ever been involved with. Yeah. Yeah, and once rotation happened, rotation usually, a set would last probably a year and a half, two years. Yeah. So you definitely got your playability out of that card. It wasn't going to be rotated out six months later. Uh, so that was always nice about it as well. Um, and like I said, yeah, the, the super rares, I mean, uh, back in the day when there was um, a really large competitive scene, you, you could maybe spend 50 bucks for a super rare, like the high-valued, super ultra-powerful one. But most of them, it's going for 10, 15, 20 bucks. So if you really needed it, you could do that. And there was plenty of trading opportunity out there, too. So, yep. you know, the, the highest value ones were kind of, you know, Zombie Magneto. I think right when it first came out, that was really yep. big. Constantine was big because some of that got released before it actually the set got released from U.S. Nationals. You know, Black Widow and, and Gobby, those were some big value ones as well. And then, of course, the Full Art Serena. Yeah, she's, man. She's a beaut. She yeah, there's there's two promo cards that were high high value. One still holds its high high value. Uh, she was definitely definitely high value. That full art Hulk. Oh, the full art, the full art Hulk. Yeah. yeah, that Alex Ross artwork is beautiful. So that, and that the Joker is, one and the Joker. Oh, that's right. That's probably the top three yeah. there. So the game is it's pretty. Um, it's it's always been about to me the, the theme. I'm not a theme guy. I've said that before here. Like theme is not my thing, but I love the theme of Dice Masters. I love putting Batman and Constantine on a team and smashing these things together. With a and, dragon. Yeah, yeah, throwing a dragon and now adding WWE and dreaming about like other characters that could be in the game. Like I've always loved loved that aspect of it. So it's um it's it's beautiful, it's fun, the art's great. I mean there's a lot well, of with theme too, like there was so many events where it's like pick one from every universe 
or one card oh, yeah. from every set, you know. So it was just so completely diverse, and it was fun to find those synergies that could happen with things. And yeah, it's just there's I, just so many different ways that you can do it. You know, you mentioned Ross. Ross has got his Twitch page, and he does a, an event every Tuesday night. I think he's done a hundred of them now. And um, it's a different theme every week, and they've maybe recycled a theme once or twice <laughs> over those hundred weeks of playing. So it's just endless opportunity on ways you can play this game. So I missed one IP um, when I mentioned them all at the beginning. Because as soon as you said one from every set, it made me think about once we had this set, uh, we could do that. And that was the uh, Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. We've had which, two Turtles box sets. Yep. Which was actually one of the first. I remember them having the cutouts at Origins and everybody posing with pictures with the Turtles and just being like so geeked about like the nostalgia uh, of that of that uh, era. So Pizza pizza oh new pizza i love the new pizza pizza. card it's venom i love it um so let's talk about some new cards um for players that are they're looking at this new set yeah similar to um uh, magic's just talked about magic just released this core 2021 set which is kind of a jump in point and there's i've seen all sorts of lists and like hey here's the top 10 cards for for magic if you're going to jump in. So if I'm a new player and I want to jump into Dice Masters, new or returning or current player, like what do I want to look for for this new set? Like what are some what are some good cards in this set? Yeah, so we've got a list of like, you know, a little over a dozen cards that are just interesting on their own. Um, not that it synergizes specifically with the current meta or <clears throat> that it, it can be an overwhelming theme or you should completely build something around this. So these are just cards that we found that are really interesting uh whether they're new abilities or maybe they can pair with something that is currently active or has been active um we just think these would be fun to do some stuff with all right what do we got so the first one uh, we're gonna go in alpha order here uh the first one is the uncommon adam warlock hero of counter earth uh it's a four cost mask uh with the i think it's the infinity watch Infinity Watch, okay. Uh, brain fart there. Uh, and so this one has a keyword, Energize, uh, and that means that at any time, if you were to roll that die, and it comes up with double energy. And so that'll be on two of the six sides of the die. It says, move target character die from your field zone to your reserve pool. Uh, so it's a one one two fielding cost, but you're not really worried about the fielding cost because you want this effect. Um, so the chances of it coming up on double energy are pretty solid. And this can happen during your roll re-roll. So at the end of your roll re-roll, if it's double energy, or if you're able to roll this at any time other than that, uh, it'll activate this ability. Um, So the the opportunity to take something out from your field zone back into your reserve pool to refield it to get that fielding effect again yeah. without having to cycle it back through your bag or to KO it and then to hope you re-roll it. That ability is huge because if you need something to trigger again on a fielding, uh, when fielded ability, you may have to KO it so you may not roll it as, as a character again or you may have to attack with it, get it to go through for damage and then cycle it back through your use pile, through your bag. It could be three, four, five turns before you even get that die again. So I just think that this ability is so cool. And the stats are great. It's a 3-5-5-5-6-6. So it can be a blocker or an attacker. At four costs, it's manageable. You can get that on turn one or two if you needed it. Or if you had to. I wouldn't buy it that early, obviously. (laughs) But just really neat ability. We haven't seen this before. I think that's really cool. 
Yeah, for sure. And and speaking of, you said wind fielded abilities, and those are <clears throat> those are are usually in the history of this game some of the more powerful things. That if you have a way to shut those down, uh, you've got a good card on your side. When we talk about control, and Seward and I looked at control, that was always one of the things I looked at was what card do I have that's going to shut down my opponent's wind fielded card so that when their die hits the table if it does something cool I want it to just come in dead and this next Mm -hmm. card does that and it's Angela uh, Angela Odin's daughter Um, Angela is kind of an interesting Marvel character Uh, was an image comics character actually out of the spawn universe um, that um, and I don't know the full full details but somehow Marvel obtained the rights I think uh, McFarlane may have sold the rights to them, or there was something in 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 that world where she left the Image universe and became written into the Marvel universe as Thor's sister, uh, son of Odin, or uh, daughter of Odin, as the title would say here. She's also recently, in the last few years, been moved into the Guardians of the Galaxy and kind of travels around with that group. Uh, Angela has an ability that says when Angela's active, ignore your opponent's wind-fielded abilities. So as long as she's sitting out there, your opponent's wind-fielded abilities are dead in the water, which is just a great ability to have. In this set, I've seen a few wind-fielded abilities, some spin-up stuff, uh, some other things that are probably really good to be able to shut down, and she's going to bring a part of that to the table. All right, next we have Black Panther, Stealthy Adversary. This is the common, it's a five cost. So when Black Panther is blocked by at least one non-sidekick, non-Avenger character dies, she gains Overcrush. Uh, so Overcrush is like Trample if you're playing Magic. Um, and her stats are great. She's a 0-1-1 fielding cost, which is awesome. Um, these are the same Black Panther stats we've had on every iteration, but it's a 4-2-5-2-8-2. So not a lot of defense, but tons of attack. Um, there's tons of way to force block things, um, so you can force box some kind of teeny weeny that's out there. Um, they can stack a bunch of stuff on there, but you're going to kill a bunch of stuff probably. And in this set especially, there's tons of pumps on basic actions or um, by fielding or by globals. <clears throat> so there's ways to do some pretty good damage here. It's a 5 cost, so a little bit of a reach, but I think a really good ability. Yeah, that attack is is big, and like you said, at a five cost can be can be a bit of a reach, especially early, but can be a good way to come in and get the job done to finish them off. Yeah. Um, next we have in the set's a Black Widow, and this Black Widow is also part of that Infinity Watch uh, affiliation. Uh, she is Overcrush, and uh, she can only be blocked by Sidekick. She's a one two 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 three with a total field and cost of one at zero zero one. So if you're buying her, if you're playing with her, she ain't gonna be that expensive to buy at a three cost, and she's never gonna cost you much to field. So she's somebody that can cycle with that overcrush. If you get her out early and your opponent only has sidekicks to block, kind of try to chump block her with that overcrush or that trample like we talked about is going to go through and more than likely hit for one maybe two if they group gang up on her um, she's going to take out some sidekicks with her so it's a good way to, to start to clear that field early on and as a new player and somebody if you're just getting into this game one of the things I've, I always remember seeing and I can't imagine as much different for a lot of new players today is the idea of well I'm going to keep putting stuff out, and you're going to keep putting stuff out. Eventually, I'm going to have 52 dice out, and you're going to have 52 dice out, and they're just going to be a wall v. wall. So having something that helps to trim that and gives you the advantage of characters out can be a great early thing to do. 
Yeah, and the the fact that she can only be blocked by sidekicks is so great. And like I said, there's so many pump abilities, whether it's globals or actions or, you know, crazy, you know, bring transfer power and slap an eight on her somehow, you know, by switching the attack value. I mean, it's just, yeah, you got Black Panther out there and Black Widow. (laughs) And you can play some transfer power as long as you're teaching on it and and flip some stuff around. It's going to get mean. All right. The next one is Captain Marvel, and this is our first super rare. We've got uh, two super rares we're going to talk about of the 16. <laughs> uh, so this is a seven-cost shield, so it's a reach. You're going to have to ramp up to it. And it also has the Energize keyword. So when she comes up double energy, you're able to re-roll all opposing character dice. This is so cool. Complete board wipe possibility. Um, so like we talked about these sidekicks, it's a one in six chance that they're going to roll back as a sidekick. Um, and then everything else it's, you know, 50, 50, whether they're going to roll away. So I mean, we've had some crazy great cards like, you know, storm wind rider and, um, umber Hulk that have, you know, been able to reroll two characters and rerolling is always great. The Batman, um, that five cost Batman that we had, the, yep. the flip card was awesome. Um, so making your opponent reroll stuff is always dangerous because you never know what's going to happen. Um, and you can completely destroy what they've got going and it's all going to go to use. It's just all going to go away. And so it's got to all cycle back. Uh, so great ability. And if she rolls up as a character, great. She's a three, a four, three, five, six, six, seven, you know, so it, you just keep on attacking with her to get her KO'd or to get her, uh, to go through. Yeah. Love it. Love, love that effect. Uh, this is why you had me start so you could talk about this one uh, i just i mean i love the collector the collectors collector og collectors one of my favorite uh cards designed um by one of my favorite opponents uh in the (laughs) in the game um back in the day um collector is this set a energize so roll die from your use pile place it in the reserve pool when fielded you may field a non-sidekick character die from your use pile at level one at the end of the turn ko it so this collector lets you steal a die a non-sidekick character die from your use pile throw it out there do some damage with it and then ko it giving it to you again the next round in your uh, reserves you go to roll it also as a global to pay a mask once per turn field a sidekick die from your use pile this collector lets you start just manipulating and messing around with your used pile over to your KO pile, and uh, it's just a great way to get things out onto the field. Uh, I, I personally like all the collectors in this set. Um, yeah, they're all great. The the one, uh, the other one that is the um, uh, when the collector blocks, prep two dice from your bag, and your opponent can't target them with global abilities. Um, Ethan and I were playing a game with some of the uh, cards that we got from this set, and he had that. And oh my gosh, with that big one five one seven two eight defense, he blocked all the time, and he just <laughs> kept prepping dice over and over. And he was just rolling stuff like crazy. Um, the collector once again comes out to be a strong card. This set, yeah, to have energized and a one fielded is is nuts. So either way, character or energy, you're getting something that's awesome. All right, the next one we have is Doctor Strange. Uh, it's six-cost mask, and this is the rare. Uh, it's got Energize. Uh, so when it's Energize, spin up two character dice to energy face, or spin two target character dice to energy faces of your choice. 
instant removal. Yeah, right, right <laughs> uh, to the east so you, Yeah, you just target, well, you target your opponent, and boom, you take out two enemies that, you know, are, are inhibiting you from doing something, either big blockers, big attackers, something that's out there that's got a, st- um, a you know, um, a static ability that's affecting you from doing something, boom, they're gone. They're energy, and they're going to go to used. Uh, and then it also has a global, which is a, a removal as well, which is pay a mass target character die must attack this turn. So just awesome. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that it also has a slight, I mean, if you really wanted to, you could use one of yours if you needed the energy or you wanted something off yeah, the field of yourself. That absolutely. Not, if you needed just one-sided. Yeah, 100%. This is probably better than the Captain Marvel. Uh, because it's instant off, and you're guaranteed the two that you want are gone. Right. But either one of them are it's just so much fun. Next, we have Drax, the pacifist, who is in that Infinity Watch as well. When fielded, choose an opposing card. Cancel all previous choices. Your opponent may not purchase or field that character die until Drax leaves the field zone. And then as a global pay two shield, target character gets a buff of plus one, plus one attack and defense. So Drax uh, allows you to basically shut down your opponent from being able to purchase or field a character until he leaves. He's not a little guy to deal with. He's a two, four, three, five, four, six, and he's only a three cost to buy. So this Drax real early will allow you to kind of lock down another character. Very similar uh, type of card that we've had in the past from uh, the Blob. Loki. Loki was it Blob similar yeah. to or no? Uh, yeah, Blob was similar, um, but yeah, Loki and Joker had the exact same oh, ability Joker, at five that's cost. Right. That's the other one I was thinking of. Blob captured stuff and held on to it. That's right. That's right. So, um, but, but yeah, yeah, great ability. Finally, I mean, and we've talked about this before on on TRP cast that you know typically control element pieces were one or two costs more than the things that they stopped the aggro cards. So if you had something that was crazy good, that was attack wise, that was or, um, a three cost, it typically took a five cost to stop it, right. which always kind of felt like you were behind, you know, and we've had exceptions to that, like Constantine, that was the two cost. That was a must have on your team. Basically Drax now to have two cheaper. Yeah. You're going to pay for that fielding, but there's ways to get around that as well. Um, you know, like yawning portal and stuff like that. But this is just awesome <laughs> you could theoretically get this out turn two if you go second because you can new chalkboard it over and get it out yeah it's awesome and completely stop someone from doing something yep so it, you're it's have just to have so two ways good. to win so uh sticking with the guardians uh next one we have is our second super rare uh so this is the gamora super rare it's a five cost fist while Gamora is active, when your opponent uses an Energize ability, you may use a copy of it. It's crazy. So uh, this is just great. Uh, I think it's awesome, especially in set, since there's so much Energize in set. Out of set, it may not be as powerful. Sure. Uh, it also has a burst ability, so on her level one side, it, she's going to be deadly, which is fantastic as well. Uh, so just multifaceted there. I think in set, it's a must play. Uh, because there's so much great energize and even out of set i think some of these energize abilities are definitely going to find their way into the meta yeah she's she's a great card and we start looking at so far we've got uh, a couple guardians we may have a guardian based strong team here um, oh 100 <laughs> percent. i think there's tracks. one of gotta, every guardian here yeah except got, for star lord we got a couple yeah rip 
Um, speaking of Guardians, our next one's Guardian 2. That's Groot. Uh, highly intelligent Groot. It's a common Groot. He's got Rush. Uh, repay a Bolt. If you draw this die during your clear and draw step, draw and roll an extra die for each um, of the lightning energy die that you draw. And he has a global. It says pay a shield. Choose an affiliation of a character die you have fielded this turn. Move a character die with that affiliation from your use pile to your bag. Uh, first off, the global is great. Right? Pay a shield. And if you're going heavy affiliation, like we talked about Guardians, um, something you fielded, you could move one from your use pile right to your bag. So you know that's going to be cycling its way back through again. Uh, Rush kind of works similar to uh, what we've seen in the past with um, with Swarm. Except with Swarm, you just drew a die if you drew the die. This one's saying Rush is if um, if you draw this die, you can draw and roll an extra die for each bolt die that you drew this turn. Correct? I'm saying that correctly? Yeah, so you're not paying a bolt um, for anything. Uh, it just you're works just in tandem with it. it. Right? Yeah, you're just looking for them. And so the the pairings of it is really, really fun because there's a rocket that does shields. So rocket and Groot work together, so they rush together. Um, so there's uh, there's a bunch of bolt ones, there's a shield one, and I think there's a fist one in this set. Uh, there's no mask because there's a mask uh, swarm uh, card uh, that's on the Kang card. Uh, so rush inset when you're drafting must must draft. I mean, you, you got to get that for the ramp. It's just so good. Um, and there's ways that this can just keep chaining and chaining and chasing because the, the one difficulty, like you mentioned in rut or in swarm is to keep that character out on the field to trigger right. the swarm. Um, because typically, uh, swarm cards have very small defense. So I think yeah. this is a really great, um, adaptation of that ability and I'm excited to see how it plays in, in the real. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of Kang, uh, this Kang is the next card. It's the rare Kang, so not the Swarmer. It's the five cost mass. While Kang is active, each of your attacking character dice can only be blocked by two or more character dice. Also as a global, pay a shield. If a character would deal you seven or more combat damage, it instead deals you only four. So we're back to the Mara Global right here. I think this that's uh, what we we've seen yep. that before back in the uh, uh, Justice League days. Uh, global is fantastic. Um, I mean, there's tons of ways. You know, if you're going to take huge amounts of damage, uh, <laughs> Becky, um, you know, you can reduce that yeah, <laughs> all the way down before by just saving a mask. Yeah, you know, there's obviously some really cheap ways of getting rid of all your energy now. Um, so you have to fight that, obviously. But uh, if you're if you're stacking that energy for your turn, but uh, yeah, and then Kang is great um, to make them be able to have to block with two is so good. And then the reason I have this on there because I love I would pair this with Emma Frost, who says you can only block with one copy of every single character you have, including sidekicks. So you're only going to be able to block like one or two characters of mine if I'm attacking. <laughs> so I just try to get a lot of small big things out there and just rush you because you won't be able to block all of them. Right. No, I love this. We uh, This is another one I got a chance to use and um, brought it out there and bought as many little things as I could and just tried to swarm them out there fast. And my son was playing with uh, one of the Thanos cards because he loves the big... Of course. Big beefy cards. And I had this global just ready and ready and waiting to go. So... Uh, another piece too with a lot of the cards I've looked at for the set um, this might be one of my favorite art pieces another Alex Ross piece just a beautiful uh, Kang the um, you know the controller of time in the Marvel Universe a villain I'd love to see in the future 
uh, in the MCU and just the shifting sands of of uh, the old Avengers to the new Avengers, the bottom picture. So it's really cool. Uh, next one up is Moon Knight. Uh, speaking of art, that's um, not great. Um, <laughs> this one's okay. <laughs> this, this one's just kind of hard to look at. Um, it, and it fits the Moon Knight motif. If you've read much Moon Knight comics, he's he's a very, very interesting character. Uh, but uh, Moon Knight, one-man Avenger. Uh, at the beginning of the game, choose one of your Avenger character cards. For the remainder of the game, Moon Knight is considered to have the text of that card, including global abilities, instead of this text, replacing their name with his own if applicable. So he's not anything affiliated, but what he does is he will copy one of your Avenger cards. And so he's a five cost. So if you can get a different Avenger out that maybe is a little heavier handed or something that has a uh, when fielded ability or something you really want to be effective, you end up basically with two of that character. What's interesting is that Moon Knight is a max one die. Um, so unlike anything, I, do, I don't think I saw any other max one dice in this set. Um, but I know gonna, there's a max two, um, the She-Hulk that's yeah. the eight cost over Crusher, which is who I would pair with this in right. set. So as I say, <laughs> like there's there's some there's some big baddies in this set, so that, you know this gets you one more of that type. From a draft perspective, pretty cool. Uh, I'm not sure if it it would be much past that that I would find uh, you know as useful, but definitely. Oh, uh, I think it's I think it's awesome. I think it's so cool, especially in a in a um, a limited format where everything's legal. I mean, get your Hulk for six. <laughs> you know, get your um, what if Captain America or any of those what if cards that are Avengers. Um, you know, your what if Thor, Black Widow. That's an Avenger. It's a seven cost. I just think that there's so much fun that can be had with this card in in competitive elements and in just fun wacky elements uh to get that eight or nine cost card that you never can really get um and get it on the board i just oh it's just so, so cool so i just look <laughs> to find to find what we're looking at for avengers so there's two eight cost avengers in all of dice master history and uh, quite a few seven costs so there's there's some big ins the eight cost is the the she hulk that's in this set so it's the most expensive yeah. Avenger, and then the Goliath. The Goliath, yeah. Which, eh. but yeah, this this Captain Marvel that we just went through, the super rare, right? She'd be in that as well. She's an Avenger. All those crazy overpriced Doc Strange cards. Um, yeah. So you know, it definitely would drop. It would let you jump to something at a five cost. That's a very reachable. Um, price very early on in this oh, game. Oh, the seven cost Thor that redirects all damage to it. That's a seven cost. That one is so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Red Hulk. Of course, Red Hulk. Yeah. Rolk. Get out. <laughs> yeah, anger issues in there. That's always fun. <laughs> all right, moving on. All right, moving on. Next one is our last of the Guardian family. Uh, is Nebula, and this is the common Nebula. Uh, while Nebula is active, if your opponent draws and rolls more than four dice during their clear and draw step, they lose two life. This is great. This is such a cool control piece, especially in set when people are going to be going for those rush um, cards, especially. 
Um, just great. I mean, there's swarm, there's rush, there's all kinds of ways that people are going to be drawing and rolling more than four dice. Um, so this wouldn't count if it's in the in the prep area uh, already, or if you've prepped it the last the, the turn before, probably. I don't think. Right. Um, so you've got to draw it and roll it. But especially in set, if they're if you're going up against a rush team and you get this and just it just sits out there because it's a four five six defense. Uh, yeah, you're just, they're just losing two life. You can't stop when it says lose two life because it's not damage. Yeah, losing life is is always a good way to to really beat up on your opponent in this game. And, and Jinzo. This is, yeah, and anytime you can hit somebody for life loss, um, definitely definitely worth getting to the table. Uh, next, uh, pass. Um, I, that's such a weird character. I don't even know who this <laughs> character is. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I've got a good hand on Marvel Universe, and I, I haven't looked this one up yet. But next is Pip, uh, Pip the Troll. He's an Infinity Watch, apparently. Uh, when fielded, spin up two opposing character dice to energy faces of your choice. So he's got another one that he's gonna spin up to two opposing character dice energy faces so um similar to uh gamora right uh mm-hmm. which gamora is a um when your opponent oh, or no. not not gamora i'm sorry gamora. uh i gotta go back up uh, dr strange dr strange so dr strange is an energized ability here pips is a when fielded ability but when little pip here at even though he's a five cost um he's gonna be pretty cheap to get out he's he's a one fielding cost on his one side and then a zero zero fielding cost on levels two and three He's a little guy, but if you can get him out there and you can spin your opponent's um, dice into two opposing uh, energy faces, boy, that's that's punishing if you can get him out there and do that to your opponent. Yeah, so, I mean, it's great. It's a rare, so you may not see it. You're probably not going to see it in draft. But, yeah, this is the Winfielded version of the Energize ability of Doctor Strange. So uh, both of these are rare cards, the Doctor Strange and the Pit, but that ability is awesome. And like we talked about, you know... Um, <clears throat> You know, the if we're able to pull that back and do it again, <laughs> it's just so awesome with that out of Warlock. All right, uh, next one is the common She-Hulk Greenie. It's six cost Shield Avenger. When She-Hulk is active at the start of your turn, so before the clear and draw step, you may field a non-sidekick character die from your use pile at level one. This is bananas. This is so cool. <laughs> um, I don't think we've ever seen this ability before. Um, not that I can remember. Um, abilities that like happen this. before your clear and draw step are so rare. Uh, so, I mean, this is just great. You're you're always going to have something there um, if you bought something the turn before. Because this would happen before you would refill your bag. So, it's your fault if something's not there. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so unless, unless you reset your bag on your opponent's turn, uh, this is just great. Um, if you don't care what the ability is um, or what the level is of the character you're getting out there, if it's a static ability, it's going to affect the field or when field of thing, it's going to shut something off um, or give you a pump for the turn. I mean, there's just so many ways that you can play around with this ability. I am so excited to mess with this. <laughs> Well, and it, and it's a win field too, which is even better, right? It's not a place in the field, so this is yeah. a a win field which is going to kick all those win field abilities yeah. too. If it was right? just put it in the field, not as great. Yeah, uh, but yeah, getting the win field kicker, awesome, for sure. 
Uh, my last card that I'm going to go over is the Rare Spider-Man. This is the Public Menace. Uh, again, another great Ox Ross art piece. It says, when Spider-Man attacks, spin target character die to an energy face of your choice. Again, similar to what we've just talked about here, even with Pip, with the win fielded. However, now we have a win attack. At the four cost, he's a little cheaper to put out than the other two were. Uh, but he is a 3-3, three, 4-4, three, four, four, five, 5 on his three faces. So he's somebody that is likely going to be able to attack into somebody, um, especially if he can get a forced block or any other way to keep him out in the field so that every time he does it, he's going to spin a character die to an energy face. It's a great way to get rid of a big blocker that your opponent may have out there as well. Yeah, just great. All, all of the Spider-Men in this set are great. One is Intimidate. The other one was Overcrush. Just awesome. <laughs> really, really cool. And this is super rare. Um, it was it was okay. <laughs> Actually, that one's really cool. Let's talk about that one real quick, if you don't mind. <laughs> Go for it. So the super rare is Superior Team-Up. It's a three cost, so it's one of the cheapest super rares that we get. Um, so Spider-Man's card is considered to have the affiliations of all of the character cards on your team. That's awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's really cool. You know, with team up and some other abilities that play off of, um, you know, how many affiliations you have out there. That's that's really neat. <laughs> so you can have a villain Spider-Man. Oh, man. That's like, like your that. dream, isn't it? I do like that a lot. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> really cool. That's one I'll have. Yeah, three, three cost super rare is pretty cool. I mean, but think about it. That, that allows you to have any synergy you want in terms of affiliation. Because there's so much villain stuff out there that does cool stuff. Oh, yeah. If you're looking for that next car that you like, I have to have a fist that fits with this affiliation at this price point, and you're not seeing anything that's really going to work, and you need some decent stats for a three cost with a two fielding total fielding cost, three, three, four, four, five, five for a three cost, those are great stats. Yeah, yeah it is. So, I, there's there's some, some fun to be had right there. So, <laughs> for sure. All right, and our last card tonight is Typhoid Mary. It is the rare uh, four-cost crossover, so it's Bolton Shield or Bolton Mass, excuse me. And it's got the hand affiliation. So Typhoid Mary costs one less to purchase if you have another active hand character dice. When fielded, choose an opposing character card, replacing all previous choices. While Typhoid Mary is active, ignore that character's text, including global abilities. So. Anything that blanks anything is awesome. Um, it's definitely harder to get because it's a crossover. Right. Um, so that that's a challenge, obviously. Um, you do have that little bonus. Hey, it costs one less, but hey, she's the only hand-affiliated character in this entire set. Yay. Um, there's more coming. We've seen previews of more uh, of that affiliation coming in future sets. So don't fret. Uh, but yeah, and... Um, Right now, not awesome, but in the future, could be really cool. Could be great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. So that's a, a good look at some of the new cards from the set, whether you're a returning player, a new player, or somewhere in between. Uh, should give you an idea of uh, some good jumping points and where to start. So keep an eye out for this set. It, it comes out um, on... The 22nd. 22nd, Wednesday Thank the 22nd. You. Yeah, I knew it was a Wednesday. Couldn't remember past that. So keep a look out at your favorite uh, gaming store online, wherever you may find the products. Or if you're just looking to buy a set of this, uh, get a whole steward. Because, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can do it that way as well. So Yeah. Um, so to go with our Avengers Infinity um, 
Adventures Infinity Gauntlet theme, our our game that we have today uh, is still JT versus Stuart. JT took the quiz earlier. Uh, he scored uh, 11. Not very uh, well. 11. <laughs> he scored 11 out of 18 on this quiz. So the quiz the quiz is very simple. I'm going to give you a yeah, very simple <laughs> a Marvel character, and you are going to tell me if they have ever been an Avenger or if they have never been an Avenger at any point in their fabled comic career. So pretty straightforward. These are all characters that have been on some type of Dice Master card in the past. Um, well, yeah, you'll see. One of them will make you laugh. All right, first one is Spider-Gwen, Avenger or no? Have we had a Spider-Gwen card? We have had a Spider-Gwen card. Oh, okay, yeah, that was not Spider-Man said that no one bought. Um, <laughs> How has she ever been an Avenger? I'm going to say no. Uh, no, that is correct. She has not. That's one for Stuart. Next one is Misty Knight. Oh, I love that character. She's a great character. Uh, yes. Misty Knight has not been an Avenger. Oh, man. So Dang. one still Dang. so far. Third one, <coughs> the Guardian of the Galaxy, Mantis. Avenger or no? I feel like she would have been for some weird reason. She probably teamed up with... Uh, squirrel so the, girl. The, these are ones that at some point they have been given official membership into an Avengers team. Maybe like West Coast Avengers or some, but at some point they had Avengers as part of their uh, their. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go yes. Yes is correct for Mantis. Two right. Uh, number four, Storm of the famous X Men. Hmm. Let's see which universe was Storm and who was she married to to do which affiliation with. Um, she was at one point the wife of Black Panther. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, definitely Avenger there. Uh, I'm gonna say no though. Storm was an Avenger. Dang. So two out of four so far. Next one, number five, is Sue Storm, aka Mrs. Fantastic, on one of your no. favorite. Dice Master cards. Um, <laughs> you said no. I said no. That's incorrect. She was an Avenger. Yeah, this is going great. This mm-hmm. is how I always start, though. I always start even in Dice Masters. I start slow. <laughs> Two of five. Next one is Cyclops. Avenger or no? I feel like he's too arrogant of a leader to have changed teams and allegiances. You can tell I really like Cyclops. I'm going to say no. That is correct. Never an Avenger. In fact, helped to lead the um, Avengers versus X-Men. I was going to say, he he literally tried to kill them. (laughs) So good reason why he was not on that list. Um, Next up is Silver Sable. Silver Sable. Did she sacrifice herself? To have the Avengers have Overcrush and Unblockable. Yes. Um, Perfect. No. Silver Sable, you say no. That is correct, sir. You're on a streak. You're at four out of seven so far. Yes, I feel it. (laughs) Next one up. Speaking of X-Men, we are at Colossus. Yes. No, never an Avenger. 
It's all right. Mm. You're at fifty percent right now. Four out of eight. You got you got to keep yeah. this moving. Next up, uh, yeah. one of our. I need uh, seven of the next ten. <laughs> next up, uh, one of our favorite. Uh, 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 these ultra rare. I don't even know what do we call these new basic actions. Super ultra rares. Is there a, a name? These textless. Full art foil rare. Full art. I don't know. Textless. Mythic. Mythic, yeah, mythic textless. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, star of the investigation card is Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones, love Aven- that show. Avenger or not? Uh, let's see. We've had like four nos in a row, so I'm gonna go yes. She is an Avenger. That's correct. I like Sweet. that you're trying to play how I organize <laughs> these cards. We <laughs> have five out of nine so far, sir. Next up is Moon Dragon. Moon Dragon. Yes. You're guessing yes for Moon Dragon. The answer for that is no. Never an Avenger. You are at five out of ten, sir. All right. Next up, Fantastic Four's favorite rock guy, the Thing. Avenger or no? Man, these guys changed affiliations more than a wrestler going heel it is um (laughs) yes that is correct the thing next up everyone's favorite hairy beast beast (laughs) (laughs) avenger or not Hmm. as i know Mm, yes an avenger uh, next up, Jean right, Grey. Well, six for twelve. Uh, six for twelve. All right, so I need five of the next six to tie. Six yes. of the next six to win. Yep. No pressure. <laughs> Here it is. Here it is. Jean Grey. Jean Grey. This Phoenix Jean Grey is this Wolverine Jean Grey? Is any, it any version of Jean Grey ever? Was she ever in a Ugh. Ugh. She would be, wouldn't she? She would do it just to piss off Cyclops. I'm going to say yes. Her husband? Just to piss him off. Yes. 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 No is the Dang answer. It. Never an adventure. I'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, put you at six out of 13 so far. Uh, yeah, four to 13. Uh, next up, the Silver Surfer. Hmm. Avenger or not. He's always trying to get out of the arrangement he already is in, so Herald of I'll Galactus. go yes. The Herald of Galactus is never been an Avenger. That is a no. Guaranteed loss! <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just finish strong. Yes. Uh, next up is Wolverine. Avenger or yes. not? Yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, sh- I should have given you that one earlier. So you I should have. Come on, man. Some, some confidence. Sorry. Uh, Agent Venom. Not the good Venom, but the crappy version. Like, this is your favorite one, isn't it? I know. That's why I threw him on here. Agent Venom. Yeah. Agent Venom. Um, he sucks, so no. No, he's been an Avenger. <laughs> uh, Iron Fist. Well, he's really whiny, so yes? Yes, that is correct. Avenger. <laughs> and finally, Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck, of course, he's probably been one. Um, 
Yeah, why not? <laughs> he has not. I'm sorry. <laughs> you finished eight out of eighteen, sir. There to you go. go. Strong second place, JT. Congratulations on winning once again this week. Eleven out of eighteen. I had to assume he did not cheat. He said he did not. So hopefully, yeah, because I sent it to him. Sure. <sighs> Sorry, JT. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap up our episode here. Uh, thank you for listening to our podcast today here at Game of Sidekicks. Make sure you check out our main site over at GamingWithSidekicks.com for our game reviews, designer interviews, and so much more. Please follow us and subscribe to this podcast and leave a comment on iTunes or whatever your favorite podcatcher is to get some more. We're on TuneIn now. With uh, TuneIn, yes. Or, yeah, we're on uh, TuneIn and Spotify. TuneIn, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, leave us a comment. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Um, tell us you miss JT. Tell us you don't miss JT, and we'll do them without him. Whatever it is you want to, whatever it is you want to tell us. Uh, also, follow us over <laughs> on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and especially on our Facebook page, the Gaming with Sidekicks Board Game Community, where we discuss all things game related and have some contests. Which currently. We are running a contest thanks to our friends over at Grandpa Beck's Games. You can win a copy of Cover Your Kingdoms, Skull King, and Antiquity Quest. will be sent to one of our followers on that game page. All you got to do is be a part of that page once we hit 500, which I believe we're about uh, 30 away from right now. We will draw a winner of everybody in that group and send that out to somebody from our friends. Thank you over at Grandpa Beck's Games. And keep an eye out. We have another fun contest coming towards the end of the month as well from another awesome game company. We know you could be anywhere else in the world, but the fact that you're here with us tonight, we just really appreciate that. So we done thank you again to my co-host, Stuart. Thank you, sir, for joining us tonight. Always a pleasure. Indeed. Again, this is Isaac signing off as we wish you many more moments in life to play all the games you like with the people you love. We'll see you guys next time. See you. don't think JT cheated or you do think he cheated? I don't think he did but I, I would not be surprised if he did <laughs> I, I, I shot him the list and then I had fun fun getting that list together I was waiting for you to give me some other crazy idea that I could try and cram together at the last second <laughs> No, that, that was good I like that one yeah that was a fun one so uh, next time we'll do you know DC were they uh, was their name mother's name Martha or not Oh, God. <laughs> you could have done one with, uh, have they ever wielded an infinity stone? I thought about that, but I couldn't, like, I found It's so some, hard to find and yeah, pinpoint. It was, it, I could find some that had, but then it would have been tougher to find the had-nots. So I found some mm. good lists that were, like, characters you'd be surprised that have never been Avengers. I'm like, oh, perfect. That's, like, exactly what mm. I'm looking for. And I found a bunch of, like, weird Avengers that, like, like there was one called D-Man and Thunderstrike, which is like the most 90s superhero ever. It was Thor's replacement. He had like a sleeveless leather jacket and a single earring with a thunderbolt on it. He looked like Brian Bosworth. It was really bad.
that's that's perfect. <laughs> that's why I didn't go with those. Yeah. <laughs> Tony. people that I've met through this not only these three guys but some other people and I don't want to name names because I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't name Tony so I don't want him to feel bad but like everybody else <laughs> <laughs> oh man I totally <laughs> forgot about that <laughs> but a lot of and other we're back 